Well, good evening, friends. My name is Father John, and I'm welcoming all of you back. It's been two weeks since we last met together. I'm very excited tonight to introduce Father Len McMillan, who joins us now as the pastor of Pope St. Pius X, and my colleague, Father Hippo Zenwa, who's joined us at uh, St. Thomas. We're really glad, gentlemen, to have both of you here. You know, tonight our focus will be not so much uh, teaching in the faith or our study in art that Father Flores would often lead us through so so wonderfully. Uh, tonight we just want to get to know Father Len and Father Hippo a little bit better. But it has been our discipline. Let's begin that first by praying the Angelus. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, thy grace into our hearts, that the message was made known by the message of an angel. May by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, the same Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, again, welcome all uh, back to our evening gathering, and it's uh, very exciting for me to welcome Father Len and, and Father Hippo. I've met Father Len before. I've just met Father Hippo uh, this week, joyfully, and so I'm excited to uh, get to know a little bit about these men together. It's a little bit unscripted tonight, so our intention is just to allow, uh, invite Father Len, rather, and Father Hippo to tell a little bit about their story. There might, might be some questions we, uh, we toss at you gentlemen either way. And uh, just excited that you're here. Look forward to your, your leadership, your pastoral ministry for us, for our, our parishes, uh, and just enjoy the evening together. Maybe, Father Len, we could start with you. Maybe a little bit about your entry into ministry. I think you were ordained, in, if I have it right, 1991. Is that correct? Sounds right. Sounds right. <laughs> a little bit about that, that story, because uh, 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 many of us in the North haven't had a chance to get you to know you yet. Well, actually, my vocation story, I have to admit, is a little uneventful because I was the strange one who, even as a little child, I wanted to become a priest. Um, loved, that's what I've always wanted. I love praying, love going to church, love listening to homilies. Um, when I was a real little kid, my dad had a PhD in history, so he had all these books. Yeah. I found this book on uh, the monastery of Saint Michel. It was a black and white photo. And I would return to this book because I love that idea of a monastic life. And I just love flipping through the pages. Mm. And so it just called to me. There's like a 60 Minutes report last year about this Air Force woman who's like the best falconry in the world. Oh, and they asked her how they, she got started. And she says, I saw it as a little kid. As I a saw a picture. Kid. And I knew that would be That's me That's what someday. I wanted to do. <laughs> and so mine is very boring. It's just, it was like this whisper that was constant. Um, but, and here's the odd part, and I'm very proud of this. I was discouraged along the way. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Teachers, nuns, all of them said, no, no, 
<laughs> no, I know exactly. No, it's it's sad but true. I just refused to give up, and so I ended up a priest. <laughs> hey, man, lucky the, for us. I know. Well, uh, I went to the vocation director and rode my bike down. I was still in high school, rode my bike down to meet with them, and I told him I wanted to become a priest, and he said, oh, don't do it. Oh, gosh. Like, that was a weird... Yeah, not the answer you thought. And I wanted to go from high school to college seminary, but he was like, no, get out and enjoy life first. And I was like, but this is what I've always wanted. I remember thinking, well, that was weird. Um, Of course, he ended up leaving the priesthood. Oh, boy. I know, but... God bless him. Then um, I rode my di- bike down again and spoke to this other priest. And um, that wasn't encouraging either. Then I rode, rode my bike and met with this other priest, uh, Father Peplinski, uh, who was a saint, who encouraged me, uh, loved him. He really actually, I'm not kidding, he was a saint. He was a great. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and I think this is kind of funny, um, my sister told me that my dad found out that I'm applying to the seminary, which I never told him because we always had a adversarial relationship. And um, anyhow, so she told me, so I was like, oh, now I better tell him. So uh, I went and I told him. I said, well, I want to become a priest. And he looked at me and said, you'll end up a drunk. And oh, I said, no. well, we're Irish. At least I'll be doing <laughs> Most of us are. Won't be the I'm, first. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't find that funny and he walked away. <laughs> but he came back later and he has or had three cousins who became priests. In oh, Montana. boy. Yeah. And two of them ended up an alcoholic. One of them ended up a really just stellar priest in Montana. Um, two of them uh, became alcoholics, left the priesthood. One of them uh, left with a nun. And uh, actually, he won the Irish sweepstakes. So he was doing well. But... Um, my point being is that uh, he came back later and said, please, you know, get a degree in accounting because he, he was at a PhD in history, but he always loved accounting. Okay. Um, like I had no interest in accounting, but I, he just begged me. So I was like, okay. So went to the U of I, got a degree in accounting, um, which I did get good grades, but I never enjoyed it. And the whole time, all I could think is, I'd rather be a priest. Because hmm. um, so that's, that's a challenging degree, and it is a, certainly a hard one to attain. You can do anything. If, oh, you put your head to it, yeah. or you put your mind to it. So, um, let's see, went to the seminary, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, where did you study in seminary, Father? Mount Angel. Mount Angel. <laughs> is that where you went? I did, yes. Wow. Yes. Oh. I loved it. Absolutely. I did too. I thought it was fantastic to attend. I know. I was a little skeptical because I kind of thought, well, the U of I, there's fun and partying. Oh, the seminary was much better. I loved playing floor hockey. I loved studying. I loved the, we the used to play floor for, hockey. The community life, very good. Love yeah. the whole, whole of it. So and for you young men listening, this is important. That seminary, it's not intimidating. It's doable. You put your head to it. You put your head down and study, do your work. But it's a similar experience as in another university, just a little more formed. But for me, it was joyful. Like, I just couldn't wait to study. And I have to say, year after year after year, that was a good beginning. But every year got better. Um, So, like, I kind of had some detours, uh, the U of I. But that actually only made it better because it's good if you're going to be a parish priest to have some financial background anyhow. Sure. Um, 
And sometimes not getting what you want actually helps you get on the right road. So a detour mm. prayer answer is way, yeah. sometimes the best in this odd way. Like I have this trust that, wow, everything did turn out just not the way I expected. Mm. And even like on that, like going back to my dad, my mother is one of the sweetest women in the world. Like she is just, I just want to pinch her. She's so sweet sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, not so much. <laughs> and we were kind of opposites. Yeah. Um, so he was 6'3", tall. He's in the Montana Hall of Fame of sports for two things. Wow. Um, brilliant. He had four masters and a PhD. Um, but he was really just had the attitude of a Butte minor his entire life. Like he was aggressive, and which I appreciated. But um, uh, anyhow, so certain, like when I was a little kid, uh, he would always hug us and squeeze us, and he'd always say, I love you, I love you so much. Like, he was a really good father. But then in high school, he developed a drinking problem, mm. and then it was very cantankerous. Yeah, that's hard. Um, mm. Well, you know, I now I understand what he was going through, but um, it, it was very hard. End up getting divorced from my mother, which he never thought would happen. Um, and then... Uh, later in life, um, he developed ALS, which is just a terrible disease. It, mm. um, one of the worst diseases you can get. Um, yeah. But here's the odd part: like, so he had everything that was important in life. He had he was a great athlete. He had a little bit of money. He had uh, his intellect, and he gets ALS. Mm. And he actually ends up when he dies. He was basically broke because medical bills yeah. cost everything. Yeah. But. Um, a year and a half into it, I drove up to see him in Montana, and he said, hey, don't feel sorry for me. He said, the best thing God ever did for me is give me ALS. He wow. said, in all honesty, the only time I was happy in my life was when you were all little kids, and that was a really happy time, and the last year and a half of ALS. Um, wow. And, he, and this is the odd part. He, honestly, his last couple of years, joyful <laughs> and he, he was always Catholic, but only marginally so. And actually, it's after ALS, he became this great Catholic and incredibly joyful and loving. Wow. Um, I know we make jokes when my sister said, well, we'd say it to his face and say, why couldn't we grow up with that guy? Yeah, where's that guy been? <laughs> now, how many uh, siblings do you have? Bob? Two sisters. Two sisters. Uh -huh. But the point being is that um, like, it's a strange detour again. Again? Like, you wouldn't expect that. He got that. everything you wanted but not in the way he got it. Not and I got everything I wanted. Planned. I yeah. got my dad back. And so um, yeah. it sounds kind of strange. Um, sometimes how you find your right path is through the detours. It's through the detours. Like I got everything. Uh, got the dad I wanted, just really through a little detour. So I've learned that the basic point is that I trust God. Like I always wanted to be a priest. I became one, but there's kind of some detours there. But uh, I just really feel that, wow, you trust God and somehow it all works out. So, and then just like even here, um, I really feel like I'm called to be here because I was at Holy Apostles, very, very busy, um, working seven days a week, never took a day off. I was getting burnt out. feel sorry for a priest who won't take a day off, and that's a hint to you. Um, because <laughs> you'll get burnt out. You do, yeah. Um, I take that advice. That's but, noted. So I was praying, and I, this sounds strange, I had a dream one night of St. 
Jacob of Alaska, who I have no devotion towards, but he showed up in a dream. And I just knew I was meant to go north. You're going north. That's when I just Send a bishop call. Well, no, no. I actually resigned from Holy Apostles. Okay. Um, not that I loved it there, but... Just time for a, time yeah, for a pause. And I trust that, like everything else, this is meant to be. Um, and so well, I came here, but yeah. I'm not really... I didn't come here because I wanted to escape something. I really... I don't know, honestly, I was getting tired of kind of the overcrowded Boise area. Sure, um, and that's that's true, isn't it? Wow, kind of tired of the rat race. So, like, well, I welcome love, to the beautiful North. Ah, I love it. But so it's not that I came here because I wanted to escape something. I came here because I wanted. Something. Well, I mean, the positions, the need is there for the kind of leadership you'll you'll bring in our community at large, not just necessarily yeah. Pope St. Pius, but and I think community the is the most important. It is. Um, you come here because I think it's a community. And never underestimate the power a community has on your soul. Mm. Um, and I, likewise, never underestimate the power of a detour. Maybe, you know, the worst thing, ALS or not going to the seminary, maybe the best thing. So come here. Actually, now that I'm here, what do I want? I want a community of... Really, it sounds strange. People centered on God, mm. Um, mm -hmm. not really concerned with the rat race or the crowd right. or the outdoors. Like I have a very Celtic spirituality. You know, the Celts had sure. a very outdoor spirituality. I think this is a place people can find God and community. So now that I'm here, that's where I'm hoping God leads. Well, so. thank you. Thank you, Father, for that intro. Now, Father, you've taken a little bit of detour from growing up in Nigeria. To, now, you taught me to say your hometown name, Ezenefete? Ezenefete. Ezenefete. Yeah, you try it. I you try it. it. I'll get close. <laughs> and you're the oldest of uh, eight brothers and sisters now. Yes, correct. And then, why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, entry into priesthood, maybe your, little, your early in life experiences, and how you've arrived here, joyfully so, in the United States. Okay, thank you for the... Uh opportunity um thank you father lan for your story and for your intro um i will not be as detailed as father lan is because <laughs> you have to demystify us we had an argument before you arrived is it hippolytus 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 or hippo <laughs> i will say all of the above okay um, see because this is this is um it is um, a kind of strange name. It's an ancient name. He's one of my favorites. Is is a foreign name to uh, to um, many, very many people. He wrote it's, the second Eucharistic prayer. That's that right. At mass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a Greek name that I have not been able to unravel completely what the meaning is. But I know is a a is from a Greek word. Uh, it has to do with horse. the Greek god oh. who has um, had something to do with horse and gods. You know, all about Greek is gods, you know. Little gods, you remember St. Paul uh, preaching to the Greek people. Uh, you have many gods, but this one that I'm going to talk to you about is the greatest of the gods. So all about Greek, Greek, Greek land uh, is all about gods. Heal land, um, seas, rivers, they have any some connections with gods. So that's all I have been able to unravel about my name. is a Greek word, it's a great name, I love the name. 
but people signed it differently. Hippolytus, Hippolytus. So far, they don't call me Hippopotamus. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay. No so, water horse. <laughs> so, God is a first name in your sur surname in your Ibu culture, and Zenwai means son of the king, I think. Yeah, that's Eze means in my dialect, Eze in my, in my language, Eze means king. And Umwa means son or child. So, king child. Okay. So he put them together. Beautiful. Yeah. So, um, so my journey to the priesthood, um, we started um, um, quite early in my, in my childhood. Like fathers introduced me, I'm the first of nine kids wow. to my parents who were, who were teachers. My dad was a teacher. My mom was also a teacher, so I'm coming from a, uh, a, um, a teaching background, background from uh, people who had teaching profession. And my dad also was is an ex was an ex seminarian. He he went through the seminary and um, eventually he was not ordained. So good luck for me. Um, and he got married to my mom, and eventually a priest sprang up from his. Lawrence, so so to say, <laughs> so <laughs> so, but it started my intention to become priest started early enough when I was a kid, and my family, my parents, being a Catholic family, um, in used to invite priests to our home, and then in Nigeria, typically the priests wear cassock, sutan, white. Uh, Sutans and they will come to our house and they will sit with us and then have some discussion and then at the end of the day uh, my mom or my dad will give me something to go and put in their car maybe a gift like wine or you know yam tubas or whatever we have in a family so that's make that connection between me and priesthood kind of so growing up I started um, nursing the idea of becoming priest from earlier so, and then when I went to primary school and then to high school, and then I was uh, at that moment also thinking about becoming priest. So when I finished my uh, high school, I had to apply. And then eventually I ended up in, in where I am as a member of the Sons of Mary, Mother of Mercy, because I was at that time visiting my aunt who was, or who was and who is still living in the city where my my uh, my um, my congregation was established at Omaha, so I used to visit them, stay with them, and you know, come back and continue my education. But something happened. We uh, I started starving at altar, as an altar server in my early ages, and um, there was an event that happened in a neighboring neighboring city. So my friend and I, we, we visited at the ordination of a priest. And then eventually I saw two brothers. They were lay brothers. And they were having these white long robes with their blue sash tied on their waist. And uh, we looked at them with admiration. With the other priests I saw, but this one attracted me. So when I finished my high school, and then went back to Omaha and saw my aunt, 
And then with, I started asking about this order, the Congregation of Sons of Mary, Mother of Mercy. So I finally applied to them and I was admitted. And then the journey started with the postulancy. Uh, I must mention my brother and friend, Father Celestine, who is right now in Canada. So we started putting together, we were together with Father Anthony, mm -hmm. and um, we had good time with him for one year, postulancy preparation for the long journey. And so at the end of it, we were privileged to be selected and we went further for a novitiate formation, which lasted for one year. And uh, a formation brought other younger uh, uh, colleagues, uh, young colleagues. And we were, I think if I remember correctly, we were seven in the novitiate. And then um, we were professed after one year. And then we proceeded after profession that is typical of the religious life. After one year or so, you have to be uh, uh, tender your vows of, you know, the three evangelical councils. So we were professed and then we proceeded to our different uh, seminaries. Mm -hmm. So we were shared, some of us went to the biggest and the largest and the most prominent seminary in the whole world from the beginning of the church. Well, I, where I is guess. that? So that's, that's an angel? A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were in Oregon? <laughs> <laughs> so that is uh, called Bigard Memorial Seminary. It's located in Nigeria, in Enugu. And then, incidentally, this bigard is from an American girl who, whose, the story is that she, uh, her parents were prominent people. They had something, they had some money, and then she gathered all the money and then sent for the formation to build this seminary in Nigeria. So this girl was, you know, she's an American girl. So that's um, how many so, students are there, Father, at any one time? Yeah, during our own time, we were about seven hundred or more students at a particular time. Okay. So from philosophy one to theology four. So, so that was huge. Very then, huge. Yeah. So each time from for about eight years, about eight seven hundred to eight hundred students each year. That is each, each yeah. year. So, that's my story of the journey. And then incidentally, we were then Dickens and in the year 1999. And then we were eventually ordained a year after, which is in the year 2000. So, but before the ordination to the diaconate is what nothing because um, the seminary was about celebrating uh, 75 years, that is um, uh, uh, Jubilee. So the, the then rector was asking us as would be Dickens, uh, what programs, big programs that will attract people and uh, sustain the program for about one week. And then we came up with a suggestion that, um, because normally diaconate ordinations within that area happens in December. So I, I was the person who suggested, I wasn't close to the, to the rector, but I knew how to get to the information across. I went to my friend and discussed it with him. He left me in his room and went to another friend to discuss it with him. And another friend, that friend left him in his room and went to another friend who now walked closer to the rector in the morning and presented that idea 
of having an ordination, diaconate ordination, um, a month before to mark that jubilee, 75 years anniversary of the great seminary bigot. So where we are, 98 deacons to be ordained. Wow. I've not, I don't, I've not read <clears throat> we are since the beginning of the life of the church, we are transistor narrow deacons, we are ordained and they numbered about 98. That's many at once. Huge. That's, that's, wow. so, what a so day that, that was. So that makes this the bigger seminary. I revere your seminary in Oregon, but the bigger remains the best and the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> now, your order, I believe, Father, celebrates its 50th anniversary this year. Is that right? Yeah, that's the right. Sons of Mary? That's right, yeah. Good. Yeah. Our order was uh, founded in Nigeria by a great um, bishop, led bishop, Anthony Gagomwe, who uh, who was studied in Ireland. And then Clearly a good guy. <laughs> so he he founded uh, the Congregation of the Daughters of Mary, a Mother of Mercy, before he now had the idea to form the sons. We heard from him that he went to, because of a lack of priests then in Nigeria, he went to Rome and asked for assistance for the Rome to send him some priests. And the Rome said no. We don't have uh, too many to send to you, so why not start something yourself? Mm -hmm. So he was inspired by this explanation, and then he he founded the Daughters of Mary, and later he founded the Sons of Mary. So uh, we we are 50 years last year. So the uh, invitation was to celebrate the Golden Jubilee last year, but because of the coronavirus, it was moved to this year. This year. Still, so, in 50 years, yes. that's an explosion. Yeah, so right now we are, we have more than 200 and something priests. In 50 years, that is amazing. It's tremendous. Yeah. And uh, is it is it eight of your brothers are here in the Diocese of Boise, or six? Yeah, we, at uh, the moment, we are five of us. Five, that's yeah. right. Yeah, we are five of us in the diocese. And you came to Idaho via Texas, is that right? Yes, I was in, I was in Texas, and then I spoke with... My brother, uh, I was bragging about you. I said you speak multiple languages: Igbo, <laughs> German, Latin, well, and Texas. Not Texas, yeah. Latin a little bit. No, I Texas a little bit. Yeah, maybe Texas, Latin. We won't know. We won't know. Oh yeah, my goodness! So, yeah, so that's the that's my story. That's so, a beautiful story to my priesthood. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't have the chance as often as this venue offers us to just ask these questions, and they're hard to answer because they're on the spot in a sense. But maybe this question, in the last year, Father, uh, uh, an experience you had that really surprised you in the faith, either something in the parish that really surprised you and inspired you, something in your personal life of faith that inspired you or you hadn't realized before. Those are hard questions to ask and answer right away, but... Well, unfortunately, mine is based on leaving my former parish. I can answer that. Okay. Um, people were writing notes. Um, just writing notes because I was leaving. Just right. great. But, and the embarrassing part was many of the people who wrote the notes, some incredibly touching, um, weren't just touching. Like one person, this part more serious, uh, said, you saved my life. Wow. That yeah. I was thinking about committing suicide. I 
came to mass, um, continued to. I was like, I don't even know who this person is. But yeah. it wasn't just that one. It was several who were like, I don't know who this person is. But it was like, you changed my life. I don't even think I've met you. Right. Um, you never that's know. the part that. Yeah. <laughs> that's inspiring. And. I don't know. It reminds me of um, St. Peter Chanel, if you mm -hmm. know who. Mm -hmm. So, Peter Chanel, all he wants to do is be a missionary priest. Actually, he finally is granted to become a missionary priest, goes to the island of Fortuna, and gets killed. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, if you kind of think, well, what good was his life? He didn't do anything. Um, we but, celebrate him today. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But, here's the interesting part. So, they came back an, a year later and asked, well, where's... Father Chanel. Yeah. And they said, oh, we killed him. We killed him. But just the way he died, we trusted him and we baptized each other. And so a year later, the entire Irish church was still alive. <laughs> well, at least the seeds. And it's like, you just have no idea. Um, and not till we get to heaven will we have any idea of what we've really done. Mm. That's mm. that's the part that I makes me think. Reading these notes, it's like, wow, I had, over and over, I kept thinking, I had How no touching idea. you receive all those? Just that many, just thanking you for your time there, and the lives you impacted, and they didn't even know about. I didn't. I didn't know that happened. Yeah, to me that's amazing. Father, and, uh, you've had a lot of changes this past year, but is there something you experienced here in Idaho, or uh, or with your confreres that you would say, boy, that I wasn't expecting that, and that really surprised me in the faith. No, not really, but you know much more going back to history, not necessarily in the diocese, but um, some little experiences that I had talking to people. I remember even before I, I was, I walked into the big seminary, I went to, on a, an occasion and met uh, when a bishop was, you know, came for a program. Um, a priest invited me over when I was in high school. He was a friend to my dad when they were in the seminary. So I went to his parish and then helped out, served, you know, and then I met some two girls who also helped me, accompany me, um, serve uh, the bishop and stuff. So as before they were going, they told me they were leaving and I thanked them and so. But one of them said, but are you going to be a priest? It was an you know, almost embarrassing question. I said, well, I hope so. And she said, well, I wanted to be a nun too, but my parents doesn't seem to be on the right path of supporting me. You know, they want me to get married. And I, I said something, okay, if they are pushing you from your vocation, then stick to your desire. There is a, a priest at that time who was prominent in Nigeria who was got greatly talented and you know inspirational so people were going to him for prayers and so so I advised her to go and visit the priest and then go to his rally his uh prayer prayer rallies and 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 we left eventually she became a nun hmm. see so, I I sorry I think grit matters determination grit yeah um Stick to it, it yeah. just stay with it. Yeah, so, and, and um, uh, there was another, another time I left when I was in Europe, I visited Nigeria, and a priest asked me to help him celebrate, and I did. 
as a mission place. And after that, I came in, and the Spirit told me, ask the priest, can I give a little homily for you after? That was um, Feast of the Pentecost. <clears throat> oh, he said, Father, thank you. Wonderful. Please help me with this. I said, after the homily, I'm going to retire to rest. He said, oh, great. And then um, something prompted me to say something. There was a guy who returned from Germany who has, uh, you know, some money. And then I, the, through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, I started talking about kidnapping that is rampant in Nigeria at the time. So I said, if you have ever done this, and if you are still thinking about doing this, and uh, you can repent now, and God will surely forgive you. But if you don't repent, um, um, you know, you don't know what the Holy Spirit is going to do to you. Today is the Feast of the Holy Spirit, the Pentecost. Mm -hmm. And I noted the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I said, we have to have the fear of God in us. If you are kidnapping people and making people suffer, and then you are here, you have to repent. If you don't repent, then it's up to God to handle you because today is the Feast of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know I was also prophesying. Immediately I finished homily and left. Um, something started happening. This guy was there, right? He's not up to 23 years of age. So he was there to monitor when this man who came back from Germany was to leave the church so that he can now inform his. Okay. He was, he was serving as an informant. Yes. Yeah. 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 But he was there right there. Yeah. So, uh, you know. You're converting him right there. Yeah, I was trying to, but he didn't want to convert. So immediately the man stood up to leave. Then he, he made some move and started calling his colleagues that giving them information. He may be taking this way or the other way. So something happened and he was exposed. Hmm. So, you know. I'm not, I don't know what I'm a prophet with, so I'm, I'm slow to say, <laughs> to, say, to say things, but I'm happy to say prayers. You know the scriptural teaching, and I don't worry about what to say. I'll give you the words to say, you know. So, They'll be heard. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, something like that, you know, make, my, uh, make me think about, you know, what God is doing with the priests and the word that priests proclaims. Mm. They have mm. power. So, well, we're blessed with both Father Lan and Father Hippo. Your your uh, history of homiletics uh, that, that precede you coming here. So we're really grateful to learn from you and hear you in our, our uh, as we celebrate most importantly the sacrifice of the Mass, but to hear your teaching as well. Maybe a little bit on logistics. I mean, look at Wes and, and Tim, uh, keeping a mind on our time for tonight. But for those viewing, I wanted to remind us we're going to meet again in this same forum, uh, same venue on the 27th of July. We'll do that again on the 10th and the 24th of August. You know, we're so grateful for Father Flores and how he initiated this program and the formation team leaders from our parishes have built this out. Just last week we were meeting and thinking about how do we, how do we grow? What's the next evolution of this PC at home? And, you know, one of the questions Father Len asked us, he, he cut right to it, he says, so what? And it wasn't, so what about the program? It was, you know, a lot of people have moved into the area, into northern Idaho, into Idaho in general, but we've seen tremendous growth here. Our parishes have been blessed by that. A lot of new families joining our parish. And as we interact with them, new parishioners get to meet them. Many have come from somewhere. 
they've come from different places, uh, most usually in the United States, but they moved to Idaho. They're seeking something out. They found our parishes. And maybe in the spirit of mission or maybe in the spirit of the letters you've received recently, Father, about changing people's lives, perhaps it's a question for all of us. What are we doing in our faith that's living out our faith in an impactful way right here in Coeur d'Alene? We, we can change the world, but what are we doing relative to living out our faith right here in the communities and schools and work settings in which we live? How do we take this idea of purposely Catholic and go be purposely Catholic in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces, in the community? How do we do that? So as we segue into the fall, the next three dates mentioned in July, the one more date and two dates in August, we'll begin forming that discussion. And last year, as you'll all recall, we took advantage of this book and it was a helpful, helpful resource to help guide our conversations. We'll look for some other resources um, that are many out there on the market to consider. Father Len and Father Hippo will help guide in that selection. Our faith formation leaders will guide in that. But what we want to speak to directly is turning this particular venue and offering into a way of equipping and teaching all of us to live out our faith in an impactful way because of the lives we influence we don't necessarily know about or because of the experiences we have in our various roles that help advance the cause of faith. Gentlemen, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you, Father. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, <laughs> We're getting... We're getting Father organized here. You've been so gracious with us as we set up your uh, your new home. Thank you for that. And, and uh, we we made a joke the other day with Father because it was about a hundred degrees and you had a sweater on. Wow! <laughs> 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 and we said, "True grit," as Father Len mentions. There's there's a man who's on a mission. <laughs> You're gonna have He's not to bothered by a little bit of heat. Wow. I have a sweater and I'm wearing it. <laughs> Yeah, it, you know. It's our AC that throws you off. Yes. Time. Well, it, it depends on how the AC is. Whether it's in the, right now is is adaptable. It's it's okay. So, but if it is much cold, I don't have to inconvenience any any person. So I have to be on my jacket. Yeah, of course That's you good. do. Yeah. Of course you do. Well, thank you. Gentlemen, we're going to, uh, and, and thank you family and friends gathered and watching, we're going to bring this evening's uh, gathering to a close. Uh, Father Len, if I could ask you for your prayer for all of us as we come to an end. Almighty God, thank you for this time together. And as we head into the evening, we ask that we sleep in your peace and awake to do your will. Bless us all in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, goodbye all. Thank you very much for tuning in or for those who will watch this at a later time. God bless.